Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit. With subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hello everyone, welcome to Fire Talk Radio. We're so glad that you joined us tonight on Fire Talk Radio for uh, tonight is the Kingdom Gathering Bible Study. It's hosted by Dr. Frank Sumrall, and he's going to be continuing his uh, teachings tonight on the book of Daniel, which has been very powerful. We're really excited about it. And I want to give you the phone number if you'd like to call in and join, or if you want to just listen online, but I want to at least give you the phone number. The area code is 646-668. Two zero nine three. That is six four six 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 eight two zero nine three. And also, if you want to call in Skype, if you're listening from another country, you can sign up to be a listener for free on the Blog Talk homepage. And then uh, you can actually call into Skype for free. You don't have to pay anything. So you just there's a little button that appears after the show starts. And also, at some point, uh, Dr. Frank Summer will be um, uh, leading us in communion. So if you want to prepare accordingly with um, the bread and juice and things like that. So we're we're delighted to have Dr. Frank Summer. He's been in the ministry for over 50 years. And mighty man of God, traveled all over the world. And he's a great evangelist and man of God. And without any further ado, Dr. Frank Summer, take your liberty in the Holy Ghost. Well, thank you, Sister Deborah. We appreciate that. Thank you for the times that we have met and talked, and we're excited about the study that we're about to proceed. First, we'd like to offer prayer right now. Father God, we thank you that you will open our ears, you'll open our hearts, you'll open our spirit to the word of the living God, that we shall receive and believe to us tonight. The name that heaven never fails to honor, the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord, right now. Amen. We're dealing with Daniel, and now we're in the fourth chapter of the book of Daniel, having to do with the fact of Nebuchadnezzar. But one of the things that really came to my attention was this, that offenders of God's law, there were offenders of God's law. It's an amazing thing to me to note that This same Nebuchadnezzar saw the three Hebrew children, saw them placed inside the fire, and yet came the fourth man, and after all of that, he still was not repentant. He still had his own thoughts and own ways and own plans and own directions because rebellion was at the source of his heart. We're going to deal with a few of that tonight, but what's really interesting, I was looking at the... New World Dictionary, and the word for rebellion having to do with the fact it even mentions in the New World Dictionary having to do with the fact that when you mention rebellion, it talks about the uprising in heaven by Lucifer in the dictionary. Now, that's not bad, is it? Talking about an uprising in heaven by Lucifer. My, 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 my. That's not even a religious book, but that's what it talks about. In the Webster's Dictionary, the New World Dictionary, it says rebellion has to do with the fact to revolt the angel led by Lucifer. How amazing. We're going to deal with a little bit of that. And so we're going to talk about some things here. And first we're going to look at some scriptures. The first one who was rebellious against the very plan, the very purpose of God, was Lucifer. And we will look in Isaiah chapter 14. We'll begin reading in verse 12, having to do with the fact that talking about the insurrection that took place in heaven. This insurrection that took place was because the Bible says in his heart was that motion. In his heart was the motion. And that's what he did in respect to that. This begins in verse 12. It says, how are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Speaking about heaven. 
I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. So there we see a plan that's already devised by Lucifer that he was walking in rebellion. And you can write these words down. When you have rebellion, the next thing that happens after rebellion is witchcraft, and witchcraft will take you to death. I'm saying some strong words because I've seen this happen in people's life. They have gone in rebellious folks, then they've gone into witchcraft, they've gone to the demonic side, and after following him and not wanting to turn their hearts around, not wanting to come back to God, then they die. But we can stop that in the name of Jesus and stop this plan as we become obedient to the word of the living God. That was in Isaiah chapter 14. Now turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 28. We'll begin reading in... Verse 11, Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 11. And what we're doing, we're showing a precedence here on how that man, without God, is rebellious. It is seated on his inside nature. And that rebellion has to be broken because rebellion does not come from God. It comes from the enemy. And if you have any rebellious attitude in you having to do with regard to God, regard to his people, regard to other people around about you, you are operating as the demonic forces. So you need to be set free tonight by his power and by his glory. In Ezekiel chapter 28, look at verse 11. In the 28th chapter of the book of Ezekiel, verse 11, it says this, <clears throat> Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. Now, we notice that this is a dual action, talking about the king of Tyrus, but then it talks about who it was. It was Lucifer. Because after he says about Tyrus, he said, you seal up the sum full of wisdom, perfect in beauty, and you have been in Eden. Well, I got news for you. The king of Tyrus was not in Eden. So this could only be Lucifer. You have been in Eden, the garden of God, and every precious stone was recovered. Then he goes on to say what these stones were. The sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold and the workmanship of your tabrets and of thy pikes was prepared in thee the day that you were created. So Lucifer was a created being by God. And what we see from this is that the praises and the worship was so strong in heaven that it would come through Lucifer to the throne of God. That's why all of the ornate, beautiful, glorious, uh, exciting jewels that were inside that the sunlight would come and cause a tremendous beauty that shows to the throne of God. But inside of Lucifer was this rebellion, was the pride, and then that's why he said all these words, I will do this, I will do that, I will do that. He says it seven times, talking about what it, you've been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone would you covering. The topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold. The workmanship of your tabernacle, your pipes, was created in thee, the name you were created. You are the anointed chair of the covering. And I have set thee so, and you were upon the holy mountain of God. You walked up and down in the midst of the stone of fire. That's in heaven. You were perfect in all your ways from the day that you were created until, that word until, Iniquity was found in you by the multitude of thy merchandise. They have filled the midst of thee with violence. You sinned. Therefore, I will cast you as profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was lifted up because of the beauty. You have corrupted by wisdom, by the reason of your brightness. And God says this, I will cast you down to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, yet all they may behold thee. You have defiled thy sanctuary by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your traffic. Therefore, will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I'll bring thee to ashes on the earth in the sight of all them to behold. And all that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. And thou shalt never be a terror, and never shalt thou be any more. That talks about the fall of Lucifer from the heavens. Remember what Jesus said. Again, we follow this. It's talking about when they were talking about casting out devils and things of that nature. He said, you don't have to look at that so powerfully in regard to that. 
because I saw Satan fall, and that's the place where he fell, all the way from heaven to the earth and corrupted things on the earth. But here is an interesting thing. Here's, here's three words. You can write this down. They're talking about the uh, proximity of heaven. He was the one that was closest in heaven outside of the Trinity. Outside of the Trinity, you have the Father, you have the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then you had Lucifer, which was created to praise God, to show the worship of God. That's what he was created for. And then you have a perceived injury from Satan because when God made Adam and Eve, he was so repelled by it. See, Adam and Eve, they were creating children. Satan never has created anything. Never one time in his life has he ever created anything. He's already just taken that and gone with it. That's all he's done. And then, of course, we're talking about the pride of his heart. So talking about these three things, we're seeing these things in order that I will be like the Most High. I will do this. I will do that. Well, very simply, you can say he had eye problems. <laughs> he had eye problems. I this and I that and I love this. I, 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 I. So in that very sequence there, it talks about these things, talking exactly what happened, all of the things that have taken place, and then he's not going to quit. He actually thinks that he's going to win. There's so many places here in the scripture where he is a defeated foe. He is defeated by the power of Almighty God. And so what the enemy is trying to do is pull deception on mankind. And one of the ways of doing that is walking in rebellion. How many people you know in church that are walking in rebellion? They're not following the pastor. They're not following the truth. They're not doing this. They want to do it exactly the way they want to do it. Walking in rebellion will bring you to destruction. We have to be very careful on how we walk, what we say, how we think, how we act. More than that, how we live. See, the opportunities there for Lucifer were, you know, beyond even explanation on how. We don't know how long it was that he was Lucifer, the son of the morning, letting all of the glory come through him to the Father on the throne. I'm sure we'll see some of this in heaven. We'll see this according, you know, the videos and things of that nature, all that, because I'm sure all that's recorded. All these things, we'll be able to see that. So, in respect to that, talking about these things, walking about these things, seeing these things happen, notice these things are taking place. Oh, if we see this and understand and know what God is doing today. Now, so basically what we have here, we have, number one, the greatest offender was Satan himself, who was Lucifer, who has fallen down. And that's why he's under our feet because the power of Jesus is over him right now. What Jesus did on the cross, then he went down to hell. And when Jesus went down to hell, he defeated the devil in hell. He put a big bruise on his head. The Bible says that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. He bruised his head. Hallelujah. And then he took away the keys of hell and of death and took them and put them on his belt and marched through on that victorious morning called Resurrection Day. He said, I'm he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the key of hell and of death. Hallelujah. I tell you what, I'm not getting ahead of myself. I'm just getting fired up for what God's doing right now, having to do with the fact that these are the offenders of God's law. How many of you know around around you offend the laws of God? They're not afraid of God. I found an interesting scripture to turn with me to Psalm 100, or uh, excuse me, uh, Psalm 10, Psalm 10, verse 4. And this is what it says about a wicked person. Listen to this. The wicked, through his pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all of his thoughts. What a scripture. The wicked through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. My Lord, help us. That's pretty bad, isn't it? 
That shows you there are people outside of the safety of God. They don't understand the plan of God. They don't have a clue of what's going on, and yet they live the way they live. May Lord have mercy. May he touch them. May he heal them. May he set them free and open their eyes and see the truth. Now, another offender, of course, of the law of God was Adam and Eve. God told them, he said, I've set out a tree there. You're not supposed to, you know, you're not supposed to do anything with that tree. That tree is my tree. All the other trees of the garden you have. And they went down there, and Eve took the fruit. She gave it to Adam, and they both entered into the sea. In Genesis chapter 3. To just look at the measure that they took. Now, God put the tree, get this, in the middle of the garden. He didn't put it out front. He didn't put it to the side. He took the tree of life and placed it where? In the middle of the garden. So as that tree, the enemy talked to Eve and said, oh, yeah, you, you eat some of that fruit, you better have some right now. And she took it. Then Adam was there all the time, and he took it, and they were removed from the garden. Now, note what it said here. When this took place, and after doing this, and the serpent said, this is verse 4, chapter 3, the serpent said unto the woman, he said, you're not going to die, for God knows in the day that you eat this error, this food, then your eyes will be opened, and you will be as gods, knowing good and evil. Imagine that. Now, when the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree was desired to make one wise, she took the fruit and ate it and gave to her husband. Well, there's a big question there. Adam was told to keep the garden. And that word in the Hebrew means that he was supposed to guard the garden. But since he did not guard the garden, that's how the serpent got in. Now, in our families, that's what we're supposed to do. Keep our families holy. Keep them before God. I, I remember in, in the, the house that I lived in with my dad, was very particular on what we would do, we could have nothing in that house that was bad. You name it. It could not enter the house. If we had contraband and we snuck it in, we paid the penalty. I remember one time I had cigarettes. Now, get this. I mean, he was strict. So uh, he uh, was always searching around to see what was going on because the Lord would tell him what's going on, and then he, said, then he came in the room and had an inspection tour. And so he lifted up my mattress and found some cigarettes. And so he asked the question. He said, who do these cigarettes belong to? And I said, something really dumb. I said, I don't know. He said, for your information, your daddy don't smoke, your mama don't smoke, your brothers don't smoke. Who do they belong to? I said, me, sir. He said, break them up. I took and just had a new pack. had to break them up into small pieces like that. He said, eat them. So I put them in my mouth and I ate them. And he gave me a glass of water. He said, take it down with that glass of water. I did. Well, I was so sick for a week. I was sick. And never again did cigarettes come in that house. He was tough. But he was right. So, Anyway, we have to keep our families, hold them tight to us. Thank God for them. Whatever they're trying to do, in the name of Jesus, we thank God for what he's doing. So Adam and Eve ate, and they were expelled from the garden. Notice what it says here in the last verses here. Verse 24, so he drove out man, and he placed at the east part of the garden of Eden, cherubim, with flaming sword, would turn every which way to keep the way of the tree of life. What a story. What a story. When we get to heaven, we'll see all these things. We'll know all these things. It goes on to even further than that. Look over in Genesis chapter 4. I'm going kind of quickly because what I'm doing, I'm building a case for what we're talking about. We're talking about rebellion. We're talking about witchcraft. We're talking about death. We're talking about this king who thinks he's all of that in the bag of chips. We, this guy here... Nebuchadnezzar thought he was some great person, but he didn't bow the knee to the Lord God. In Genesis 4, we read the story about Cain. Cain killed his brother, and it was over an offering. And just before that, 
God said to Cain, he said, Cain, sin lies at the door. Sin is at your door. Well, why in the world wouldn't he listen to what God had to say? I don't know. He did not listen. And then when Cain and Abel gave an offering, Abel gave an offering, and the offering was accepted, and Cain's offering was rejected because it was a situation of heart. Now, I can see Cain bring his offering and throw it. He said, oh, guys, here you go. This is it. I just throw it to you. Bunch of vegetables. Maybe you don't like broccoli. It's right there anyway. So that was his mentality. And because Abel received such a blessing, we don't know what kind of blessing he received. I'm sure he received some glory. I believe he was dancing. I believe he was smiling. He was jumping up and down and really having a great time. And Cain was miserable. But they both had opportunity to do the same thing. If Cain would have done the best he could possibly do, God would have accepted him. But the Bible says that God did not accept Cain's offering, nor Cain. The man first and then the offering. He didn't accept Cain or his offering. Now, watch what he does. After he kills his brother, and God says, where's your brother? He lies. He says, well, I don't know. I don't know where my brother is. And finally he said these stupid words. He said, am I my brother's keeper? challenging the very authority of Almighty God. And then finally God said to him, he said, what have you done? Because the voice of your brother's blood, verse 10, cries unto me from the ground. The blood of Abel was crying from the ground to the father of all creation. My, 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 my. So you find in the genealogy of Cain, Everything was bad. Everything was wicked. It went that way. Because Cain had a mark put on him. And we don't know what that mark was. It wasn't color. It had nothing to do with that at all. It had to do with the fact that he was going to walk in rebellion. He was going to walk away. And the Bible says Cain left the presence of God. He moved himself away from God. Right here in the scripture says that. After that, he left. He driven. He left the presence of God. Went in another direction gone another way. He decided to do that because he was all about himself. And then you follow the line of Cain. You follow all the things that happened through that. Then go over a few chapters and then you find the flood. Sin brought the destruction of the flood because God was so angry at men coming together and they had all these wicked things happening. And finally the Lord said, Chapter 6 and verse 6, it repented the Lord that he made man on earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from off of the face of the earth. Man, beast, creeping thing, fowls of the air, it repents me that I made him. But then here is the soft word of God. That the Bible says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's the first time grace has been mentioned. Noah found grace because he was doing right. We know that he preached and preached and preached. We don't know how many times he preached or how many people was there he preached to, but the only ones that were in the ark were eight people. Noah, his wife, his sons, and their wives. Totality, eight in the ark. So if you ever watch that film, Noah, and they got somebody else, a stranger hitchhiking. It ain't so. <laughs> it ain't so. We're talking about the, the offenders of the laws of God. Offense brought destruction, took them out. And then we read this in Genesis 19. We come all the way through on the other side of the flood. We find 19 about this destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. That man got so vile and so wicked. And two angels, they came. This is in the first verse. Two angels came to Sodom. They sat at the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. He bowed himself with his face toward the ground. He said, my Lord, turn in, pray, stay in my house. And they were going to say, no. They're going to say, we're going to stay in the street all night. And he pressed upon them. And they turned into his house, made him a feast. They ate. Before they even laid down, the men Put a circle around men. The men of the city said, hey, bring out those men. We want to know them in a sexual manner. And so he said, bring them out to us right now. 
And so Lot went out and shut the door. He said, I don't do wickedly. And he did all these other things. And he said, if you're trying to be a judge of us, we're going to deal worse with you than you ever imagined. And then notice that. So the men put forth their hand, pulled Lot into the house, shut the door, and they smote the men with blindness. Small and great. So they wearied themselves to find the door. And finally, they said in verse 13, we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law. Notice family. Talk to family, which married his daughters. I said, get up. Get out of this place. The Lord will destroy the city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. They died in that, that thing. They died right there. And when the morning rose, the angel, they hurried up. They said, all right, take your wife, take your daughters. Leave, lest you're going to be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And so all of this happened. It happened. It came. It hit Sodom. It hit Gomorrah. It hit that and destroyed it. Destroyed it. The very thing that took place. When Lot entered into Zoar, the Lord rained upon Sodom, upon Gomorrah, brimstone of fire, the Lord of heaven. And overthrew all the cities and the plains and all the inhabitants of the cities which grew upon the ground. And then we have the story about Lot's wife. It said, don't look back, don't look back, don't look back. And she turned around to look back and then turned into a pillar of salt. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Turned into a pillar of salt by her rebellion, by what was on the inside of her. I don't know exactly what she was doing, but she had longing eyes. As she made that turnaround, she looked back to think what she did have one time, maybe some friends, maybe some relatives, maybe, maybe people that were close to her. So as she looked back, she turned into a pillow of salt. And that's one thing Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. He says that in the book of Luke. Remember Lot's wife. Our Lord, if we're living in any time like that, we're living in it right now. We are in those times here today, and only by the power of the Holy Spirit we'll be able to walk in the way that God wants us to walk. The truth that God has for us is set before his children. Hallelujah. So God did it by himself. Then we go through the classic time period. Let's go over to Pharaoh. From the time of Joseph to Moses. Finally, we come to Moses, and look what this says. This Pharaoh, he had no idea who God Jehovah was. Turn to Exodus chapter 5, verse 2, and this is what this man says. Now, there's so many men out there that do not give the proper respect to the Lord God. And that's very dangerous because the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he is the creator of all. We have to be obedient. And I see God is going to place in this country again what we call the fear of the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But everyone has that on the inside. And they won't sin the way that they sin. They shall be changed. Their hearts will change. Their mind will change. Everything about them will change when you have the fear of of the Lord on the inside. But we're not talking about a wormy thing. We're talking about respect. We're talking about an awesome God. We're talking about his goodness. We're talking about who he is. God Almighty. King forever. When we receive that, God will speak to our hearts in such an amazing way. Just over here in Genesis or not in Genesis, Exodus, we're in Exodus chapter 5, verse 2. This is what this Pharaoh said. It goes on to say, he said, Afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, said, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Ha! Huh. Now, that's the attitude that he had. That's the rebellion he had down deep inside. And then what he had around about him were people of witchcraft. There were sorcerers, 
all kinds of strange things were going on because this was Egypt. Egypt was a place of sorcery. Two places you find in the Bible talk more about sorcery and divination. And those two places was talking about Egypt and then talk about Babylon. These two places operated in the demonic very strongly. And so when Pharaoh was saying that, now what you might not know is even Pharaoh, he was called a god. They honored him as a god. They honored Pharaoh as a god. And also in Babylon, they did the same thing. They would take their leadership and call them gods, following up to their god. And here, in the fifth chapter of the book of Exodus, we see this. He said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and to let Israel go? I know not the Lord. Well, honey, you're going to find out pretty soon. You're going to find out who he is. So when the plague started coming, he started changing his mind a little bit, but it wasn't great enough. It was not great enough. As he began to say those things, he did not mean those things from his heart. He was totally deceived by that. Most amazing. Now, watch this. In the plague, starting in chapter 7 through chapter 11, are the plague that came upon him. You have the plagues that came to Egypt. And we can talk about all the plagues, talking about what happened. The different plagues, all the different types of things that were brought to them in that area to change their mind. And notice that the magicians of Egypt did the same thing four times. They could do the same, that they could duplicate what happened by the hand of Moses they did that until they had spots on them and they could not present themselves before Pharaoh. It talked about the frogs. It talked about the blood. All the water turned to blood. And then the fish that were in it, they died. The river Nile stunk after that. See, that river Nile was a river that they worshipped. They worshipped the river Nile. Anytime you look in history... You look back, talking about ancient history, talking about Egypt, you will find the Nile River is most prominent. I've been on that many times. And that's the same river uh, that Moses was on. Think about that, where crocodiles were at. They could have taken him down at any time in that little basket, but when you're in the hand of God, nothing can touch you. And that's the way it was with Moses. But going back to these different plagues, it was the blood, then it was the frogs. Imagine that every time you turn around, there's a frog there. Frogs in the kitchen, frogs in the basement, frogs in the bed, frogs in the house, frogs everywhere. They couldn't get rid of the frogs. The frogs were there. And then what did it say? The magicians did the same thing with their enchantments. They did the same thing. Finally, they took the frogs out. They were gone. But the, the, the third plague came. And they brought forth lice. Notice this. Their enchantments could not bring forth lice. Verse 18 of chapter 8 in the book of Exodus. So when that happened, they said, this is of the finger of God. They, they said, this is God. This is the finger of God. Verse 19. And then Pharaoh again. The fourth plague of the king. There was a swarm of flies. Imagine flies. I hate flies anyway. Flies into the house of Pharaoh and all his servants and all over the land of Egypt. When that took place, it continued on. It got worse. It got worse. It got worse. All these things. All the things. They asked for things. And so it continued. And they talked about these things that happened. A grievous uh, moraine came like, like a plague upon the animals came upon them. And after that, it continued into that. And the sixth plague having to do with boils broke out upon all the people. And the minute they could not stand before Moses because of the boils. They were defeated completely. For the boil was even upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians. And then you would think that they'd turn around and go back the other way. No. And then they kept on working, kept on doing, kept on saying. And all these things had happened. Then hail came. It destroyed all their crops, took everything out. 
hail and fire mixed together. And, and you find that every plague was not against the people, was against the gods, the other Egyptians. All these things that came. All these things. Then they had the locusts. They had the locusts come. All of the things that happened, all of the plagues that came upon them. If they had darkness. Now that one's in itself right there. But it does say, when they had darkness, when the darkness was there, it was not in Goshen. That means all the children of Israel, they had light in their dwelling. Verse 23. Hallelujah. Then the last one, of course, was the death. Was the final death of the firstborn. Then finally, Pharaoh said, well, okay, you and your people get out of here. Because if you're not out of here, I think we're all going to die. But shows you the very heart that Pharaoh had. The very ideas that he had. And, of course, you see the final victory in chapter 14. You can read that for yourself because we're losing our time in respect to that. We could get going a little bit more. Having to do with relationships, having to do with the fact that Moses prophesied, he said, you will not see the Egyptians anymore. And later in that chapter, you find them that when God took them down, he took them down in a big way. He let them get into the middle of the Red Sea, and Moses moved his hands, his rod over the sea, and the sea came back in on them, and they were all drowned. And you say, well, wait a minute, that just, no, no, it says all the chariots of Egypt. When Pharaoh left, he had 600 chariots. The Bible says that, 600 chariots. So the Red Sea, when that took place, then it says the next day as they went out, they saw all of the Egyptians on the water. They saw them dead. They saw that what God can do and will do. So that's what we have. We have all these things that happened here like that. But what about now? I'm glad you asked that question. Because here's what we're dealing with now. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says the heart is deceitful. Then it goes on to say, who can know it? So without a heart transplant, into the Lord Jesus, your heart is going to be wicked. Now, we'll continue with that because what we're dealing with here, we're dealing specifically with that particular chapter, chapter 4 of Daniel, and what it determined and says about this king, that this is what happened. This is what he said. And all the things that came around him, notice what it said here. In Daniel, chapter 4, and it tells all of the things in regard to that. In the fourth chapter of the book of Daniel, we come to that area, that thought, and this is what it says about him. The king has a great dream. After the dream, then all these things will happen. To say that uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, of all people, languages, that live in the earth, peace multiplied unto you. I thought it good to show you signs and wonders toward the high God that wrought toward me. These are greatest signs of how wonderful his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Dominion is from generation to generation. He just said that with a mouth, but he didn't believe what he was saying. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my own home. I saw this. I saw a dream. It made me afraid. The thoughts upon my bed and visions of my head trouble. And said, I decreed to bring all the wise men from Babylon before me that my, they might know the interpretation of the dream. And notice who he brought then came the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, the soothsayers, and they told the dream before them, and they did not make known to me the interpretation thereof. At last, Daniel came in before me, whose name was Belteshazzar. Now, I got news for you right there. You know why I call him that? Because they had changed his name from Daniel, and his name in the Hebrew was God is Judge. His name was Daniel, God is Judge. So that name... You know what? I'm saying something right here. I don't care what kind of name the devil has placed on you. He might put the name sickness on you. He might put the name on you having to do with pain. He might do the, and talking about confusion or talking about sickness or talking about different things that happen in your life. I don't care what the devil has put on there. Oh, there's a name that, that must bow. Everything must bow at the name of Jesus and be free in your mind, in your heart, in your life. Hallelujah. So as we're moving into this, talking about that, he talks about all these things. And so he said the watchers were there. 
Those are angels. And Daniel gives the interpretation. He says, this is what it is. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. He said, this is what it is. Verse 27, wherefore, King, that the council be acceptable unto you, break off your sins by righteousness, your iniquity, by showing mercy to the poor, that it may be the lengthening of thy tranquility. And all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he walked into the palace of the king of Babylon. The king spake and said, Have I not this great Babylon I built for myself, this house, the kingdom, that my might, my power, my honor, my majesty? And while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you is spoken. The kingdom is departed from you, and they shall drive you from men. And thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. And they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen seven times shall pass over thee. That's seven years. Until you know that the Most High ruleth the kingdom of men and give it to whomsoever he will. The same hour the thing was fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men. He did eat grass like oxen and his body was wet with the dew of heaven until the hairs were grown like eagles' feathers, his nail like but at the end of the days, Nebuchadnezzar lifted up his eyes into the heaven and said, My understanding return unto me. I bless the Most High. I praise and honor him that lives forever and ever. Dominion is everlasting dominion. And his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He doeth according to the will of the army of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth, none can stay his hand. I say unto him, Whatsoever you do, he will do and at the same time, my reason returned to me for the glory of my kingdom, my honor, my brightness returned to me. My counsel said and sought to me, and I was established in my kingdom, and the excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth, and his ways judgment, and all those that walk in pride he is able to abase. What a word. But a word, we have an example here. That's why I had to bring you through those different situations there, talking about that, talking about those things in that. But it's an amazing thing to me that even the episode of the three Hebrew children, why couldn't that turn him to God when actually seeing the fourth man? Because some people are so determined to have their own determination, to have their own way. But may I suggest to you, that you turn your life over to the living God, and he will direct your path. And the peace and the joy and the righteousness of Almighty God will come to you today. If you're not saved, I want you to pray this word after me. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you for setting me free. I thank you for your blood that cleanses me. I receive you as my personal Savior today. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on the things that I used to do. And now I'm following you. Thank you, Lord, for dying for me. And I receive your gift right now. Therefore, I am born again. I am in the kingdom. I receive your great grace. Friend, if you pray that, you are born again. Let us know about it. Talk to us. We're going to receive the Holy Communion right now. And so get yourself ready. Have the, this is wonderful because it has to do with the fact that the Holy Communion, we can take that, and Jesus says that he will not take it until we see him in heaven. What an amazing scripture. How amazing it is. This is Matthew 26. And talking about what he says in this particular thought and idea as he says that. 26:26. As as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take eat this my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for them for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
What a word that we have before us. Hallelujah. Take the bread that you have right there, hold it in your hand. I'm going to pray, and we're going to believe, and we're going to receive. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that your son is the living bread. He's come down to us, healing our bodies, setting us free. By his stripes, we are healed of any and every sickness. And as we celebrate by taking this bread, we receive it now in the wonderful, holy, precious name of Jesus. Shall we eat together? Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Yes, inside, 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 inside. Receive it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Then the Bible says, take the cup. Take the cup. The cup is the New Testament of my blood. It's only by the blood. Our minds are cleansed. Our hearts are cleansed. Everything around us is cleansed by his blood. Father, we thank you that by your blood we are set free. Of anything and everything that the devil put out there. And in the name of Jesus, we proclaim salvation, a full salvation, body, soul, and spirit. We celebrate by drinking and receiving the fruit of the vine. In the name of Jesus, we receive it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now you ought to get up and shout the praises of God. Shout the praises of the Most High God. Don't forget, every Monday I'm teaching. Uh, right now we're teaching on healing as the children pray. That's from 8 o'clock to 9. And then on Tuesday, we're dealing with Daniel. We will be dealing with the fifth chapter of the book of Daniel, studying it out, and get it ready to go. Because we are excited what our God is doing for us today. I want to release one more prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, all those that have physical problems in their body, we command healing to flow, flow from Calvary to touch them right now. Healing in the name of Jesus to every fiber of their body, to every corpuscle, to every muscle, every ligament, every tendon, every bone, all of the things you have composited in us, we receive. In Jesus' name. There it is. There it is. Receive it. Receive it. I see a wave flowing right in your way. A wave is flowing your way. I don't care what country you're in. A wave is flowing your way. <laughs> a wave is flowing your way. Oh, hallelujah. Sister Karen, stand right now. Power of God is going to hit you. This is my wife, Karen. Power of God coming on her right now. Receive. In Jesus' name. There it is. Aha. She's out in the spirit. Glory. Ha, 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 ha. Glory, 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 glory. I can barely stand right now. The anointing is flowing so strong. So wonderful. We receive it, Lord. We receive it, Lord. Touch my friends. Touch my neighbors. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, friends, it was so good being with you today. Thank you again for allowing us to come inside your house or wherever you're at. We just want to receive the good things of heaven. And so as the Lord has put that through my spirit, early this morning the Lord had me write what I have written down. And so therefore we are prepared, <laughs> we're fully prepared, and we love to teach the word of God. If you receive a blessing in any direction, why don't you write me at 12808 Adventure Drive, Riverview, Florida, 33. I'd be pleased to hear from you. And call, call me at area code 813-215-0935. Yes, yes, you can do that right now. And the radio number is 646-668-2093. Get your friends, get your neighbors, your pastors, your teachers, your evangelists, whoever might be listening right now. Receive the blessing of the Lord. God bless you. Goodbye. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, all those who are working together, and thank you for everyone that's here today. You're so welcome. Totally my, my. The anointing is strong. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I told you it's going to be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I told you it's going to be a good one. You Hallelujah. Got, you got Karen there, huh? You got Sister Karen. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The power got hit her and knocked her down, yeah. 
That's right. Spirit of God's working on her right now. Oh whatever uh, complications or whatever pain she's had, it's going to be out of the door. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like I'm 20 years younger right now. Amen. I can run through a troop and fight my car. I can leap over a wall. Amen. Or oh, run through the wall and leap over a troop. <laughs> yeah. Whatever we have. <laughs> Whatever we have. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, God bless you. All God be blessed. You. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you next week, Monday from 8 to 9 and Tuesday, 6 to 7. Join us, please. Thank you again. I look forward to that. It's going to be awesome. It's been wonderful yes, tonight. Yes, it is. Thank I'm you. telling yeah. you, it will. It surely will. Praise God. Praise God. Thank Bless you so much. Okay. Thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. Okay. Bye. The anointing is so strong. Bye bye. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Amen. Um, basically, what you could do is ask those people if they want to write you or even uh, mention some of the things that's happened, or even by Internet or however they like to to uh, communicate, that they can communicate and then you can re- reply to me as to what's happening, where we're hearing from a lot of hits from all over the world. We want to find out what God's doing for them right now. All okay? right. I'll do that. I'll do that. Okay. I'll, I'll make I a long I appreciate that. Sure, Thank you again. Well, bless you. Have a great night. God bless you, okay. too. Good night. Okay. Bye-bye. Oh, Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow, my, my, my. What a powerful, powerful night, everyone. Uh, powerful night of teaching with Dr. Frank Sumrall on the book of Daniel, and the anointing is very, very strong right now. And uh, we hope you join us again next Tuesday for as he continues. Uh, teaching on the book of Daniel, same place, same call-in number, same time. And also next Monday, as he was referring to, he's going to continue his teaching on the healing. Uh, healing. My goodness, the anointing is so strong, I can't even talk right now. <laughs> well, I'm having a hard time, I should say. But... um So I just wanted to uh, give you a couple of announcements. If you have any prayer requests, just go ahead and you can call 1-866-857-4837. That is 1-866-857-4837. In fact, operators uh, are standing by from 7 p.m., which is in a couple minutes and until 9 p.m. and also 11 to 1 p.m. they're live but also if if you can call that number anytime you can call it 24 7 because if you can't get in to the um, if you can't get in you know if you can't get a live operator you can call and if you have a prayer, then they have like push one for healing or push two for fire to receive the anointing or something. I don't know if that's actually the prayer for the number one, but you just you call those those num that then person number and you'll get a Holy Ghost anointed person praying for you on the other side. In fact, there's a couple of our pastors and I've had to call myself when there were no prayer operators and that I still receive the anointing, so it's very powerful. And also, if you have any Questions, comments, prayer requests, testimonies, then you can email me at firetalkradio, the number two, at yahoo.com. That's firetalkradio, number two, at yahoo.com. And also, as Dr. Frank Summerall was saying, if you have any prayer requests or testimonies, or anything like that, you can write to him at Frank Summerall. That's F-R-A-N-K. And his last name is spelled S-U-M-R-A-L-L. And the address is 12808 
Adventure Drive, and that's in Riverview, Florida. That's Riverview, like viewing the river, Riverview, Florida, 33579. And so you can, you can, if you have any questions, comments, or anything for him, and also he gave out his phone number, so I'll go ahead and give that to you again. That is 813-215-0935. One three two one five zero nine three five is for Dr. Frank's um, his phone number, and also to let you know that this coming August seventeenth, or actually it might be the eighteenth, but school starts again. The Bible College starts up, and I'm going to play a, just a quick uh, quick announcement for that for you for a quick promo idea. So hold on a second. On the east coast of Florida's Kennedy Space Center launching shuttles into outer space. Right here in Tampa, Florida, the west coast of Florida is a launch pad launching revivalists into the 21st century around the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you feel the call of God on your life, now we've got two schools here, the one called the River Bible Institute, the other one the River School of Worship. And if you feel called to preach the gospel, the River Bible Institute is for you. You called in the music ministry and worship, the River School of Worship is for you. So don't put it off for another day or month. Sign up today. And there you have it. And also they have a new, uh, well, it's relatively new. It's a, a one that, that's not mentioned on that ad is the River School of Government, and that will be starting up in August as well. So if you're interested in in shaking the world of government um, in a godly way, and and, uh, if you feel you're called into the government, we have a a school of government, they have a school of government as well. They also have an online um, Thing. Let me play this. I'm not sure I haven't played it yet, so we'll find out what it is. I'm doing a little short ad here. Hold on, please. In 1997, Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown launched the River Bible Institute. The vision is plain, to train men and women in the spirit of revival for ministry in the 21st century. Since its opening day, the River Bible Institute has been a launching pad for ministries to be sent to the far-flung corners of the globe. Until now, to be a student, to sit under the anointing and teaching, you needed to travel to Tampa, Florida. But get ready. In 2011, RBI goes online and comes to you. We're getting ready to release an anointed program of study that you can take at your own pace and in the comfort of your own home. Now you sit under the same teaching and experience the same anointing as the students in Tampa. In our initial program, you study stewardship, knowing the person of the Holy Spirit, and the anointing. If relocating to Tampa hasn't been possible for you, if leaving your place of work has been a barrier, then RBI Online is for you. RBI Online, launching early 2011. Register your interest today. So if you're not actually able to get to the Tampa, the Tampa uh, area, then then you can you can do an online online course, which would be would be awesome. And uh, actually, you know, there's um, I'm gonna play another one because there's there's websites, especially for each school. One is the River School of Worship um, dot com. The other one is River Bible Institute dot com, and the other one is the River School of Government dot com. So I'm going to actually go back to where that commercial started. I was just checking the address, so I'm going to go there because it's a really good. It's a really good uh, commercial. It gives you a little bit of an idea. So I'm going to go back there. 
Just listen, please. In the world, there is a problem. People are hurting. People are empty. Some very alone. People are broken. Many are lost. What they need is hope. They need healing. They need love. They need They need someone who will lay down their life. Someone with the fire of God who will hear God's call and bring Jesus to the world. What they need is a revival. There is a place called the River Bible Institute, a place dedicated to training believers how to live, minister, and flow in the anointing. And it's for anyone, whether your heart is in business or full-time ministry. This is a place the Word of God taught and demonstrated. The Word will challenge those of you attending to find clarity in your calls and deepen your relationship with the Lord. It will provide you with a new perspective on how to reach the lost for Christ and live in God's life-changing power. It is a place where you will be empowered to make a difference and set your world on fire with revival. God is calling for all believers. Will you And if you're not sure about going to Bible college or, you know, if you're not sure if you're called to River School of Worship or River School of Government, or if you're just not quite sure, they have what's called a Revival Week, August 18th through the 22nd, which is Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. And on Wednesday, that will be at 7 p.m. And that will give you some time to uh, feel, you know, feel that you're called in that in that area and to give you a little bit of faith to to go there and maybe talk to some other people who have been to been to the uh, Bible school. I myself was in Bible college for two years and it changed my life. It, it God did a real deep work in my heart and I'm not the same person I was when I first went there. So um you know, you can call 866-857-4837, or you can look up riverbibleinstitute.com, riverschoolofworship.com, riverschoolofgovernment.com. And just check them out and see and pray about it and let the Lord speak to your heart. So, And if I understand that uh, Dr. Frank prayed earlier, but to let you know, if nobody's ever told you God loves you, and has a great plan for your life. I want to let you know right now, God loves you, has a great plan for your life. If you're not sure that, God forbid, if you died this very second, that you would go to heaven, do you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you would go to heaven? The Holy Bible reads, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you want to make sure you're going to go to heaven, just mean it with your heart and just repeat after me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Excuse me. I want to tell you right now, all your sins are forgiven. You always remember to run to God and not from God because he loves you so much and has a great plan for your life. Isn't that good news? And Jesus, he's a baptizer in the Holy Ghost and in fire. And if you've not been baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, then 
just repeat this prayer after me. Just say, Jesus, you are the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. And I'm asking you right now to baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire. In Jesus' name, amen. The fire, fire of God right now on you right now in the name of Jesus. The fire of God. Now, just start speaking out whatever comes out of your mouth, but no language that you know, no English or whatever language. Just keep speaking it out. Speak it out by faith. Just keep speaking it out. There you go. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that they received their prayer language in the name of Jesus. Now, don't get discouraged if you didn't receive your prayer language and you and you're, you weren't weren't baptized with the Holy Ghost because we've had testimonies where people have been doing the dishes or they've been just doing a house activity uh, chore and all of a sudden. They get hit with the, I mean, they get, they start speaking other tongues and like, whoa, where'd that come from? But they get blessed, filled right there. It's just, sometimes it takes us a little bit longer, some, some more than others. So I just um, want to let you know that <clears throat> you are loved, you are valuable, you are accepted in the beloved, and you're more precious to him than anything And I love you, and I'm glad that you joined tonight. I'm glad you'll join us next Monday, and I should be having some other shows coming up on a, a show. I'm going to be doing a healing class um, by myself um, that I'm going to study for. I know we're doing, I know Dr. Frank is doing a series on healing, and I'm also, um, he teaches for an hour, and then I teach for an hour. And um, But I'm going to be doing my own healing class, which is going to be going uh, into a lot of depth on it, which I'm putting together, which will be once a week. And then I'm going to be starting a show on the 12 foundations, the 12 pillars of my faith is foundational. And I'm going to start with um, the heart, you know. So once those uh, get in motion, I'll, I'll, of course, announce it on the air. Until we meet again... Remember that you are loved, you are loved, you are loved. You're valuable and you're precious. Until we meet again, peace.